Hello and welcome to another week's episode of Cowboys Takeover. I am your host, Jason Kent. Uh, and today I think we have a great show for you guys. I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, going to be a bit of a shorter show this week as there's just not a lot going on in the NFL, you know, these days. Um, but what is going on is what we're going to talk about. So first we're going to hit into the rule changes, um, kind of the fair catch rules that they're now implementing uh, starting this upcoming season. Uh, then we're going to ta- dive into DeAndre Hopkins, somebody that Aaron James and I have discussed in prior episodes about if Dallas should look at trading for him before the draft, could they sign him? So I think that's going to be very a very good topic. And then we're going to end with another receiver who, who I think we both believe is going to play a huge role in this season, uh, and that's Michael Gallup and how he's looking in OTAs, some comments that have been said about him. So it's really really excited to talk this week's episode and let's roll in my illustrious co-host the man of the hour aaron james aaron how you doing today sir jason happy to be back another week man pumped for another show and um you know a lot to chew on today so i'm excited to dive in 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 a few minutes here i'm so i really i think uh i'm gonna enjoy the kickoff topic I know it's special teams. It's not, you know, it's not the the greatest play, but man, it, it brings out some big plays and some awesome moments and in, in, uh, in, mem- in mem- recent memory too. So I'm really excited for that topic. Um, but man, I just wanted to get your thoughts. You know, school, school year's running down right now. Um, and they're starting to send out, you know, the classes for next season for your kids. So my, my youngest son, he's in third grade going to the fourth grade. And they sent home the list of instruments that he'd like to play me coming from a super small neighborhood. Like we got, you said drums, maybe a, a flute that, mm-hmm. you know, a trombone. That's the best. This kid can play cello and there's things on that list. I've a viola things I've never even heard of. So it got me thinking in school. If you could have learned Looking back out of it, you know, looking back at school, if you could learn one instrument as a kid that you could bring with you that you'd know really well today, what would that instrument be? So I'll answer your question as it was presented. I do wish in grade school that I learned the trumpet. Really? Yes. That's not what I was expecting. That one's not even close to the top of the list. Why trumpet? The the trumpet to me is probably one of my favorite instruments is when when you think i think of the um you know uh oh shoot i'm forgetting the what they typically how they typically open up professional games national anthem with the national anthem <laughs> uh oh my goodness i don't know how, how i back, back out on that but yeah when i when I, my favorite is hearing it playing played on the trumpet and there's a lot of symbolism i do enjoy that in the trumpet as well so that's what that's what i wish i had been encouraged to do instead you know it wasn't until my teen years where i got i taught myself how to play guitar and then more recently taught myself thanks to youtube how to play the drums so i can I can make my way with both both those instruments now as an adult. Okay. 
I was going to say, yeah, for, for it to be Trump, but I'd assumed you'd had to knock a few of the topper ones, upper ones out there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, see, man, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. I would love to know piano. Like, I think that would be super awesome just to like sit down and, you know, you just, I look like a goofy schlump. Just imagine <laughs> this goofy slump, you know, going and sitting down at a piano and just banging out some Beethoven, you know, that's got to be so cool. Cause like pianos, you really see, you could see them in hospitals, you know, you see them everywhere. It'd be mm-hmm. cool just to sit down and play. Like, I don't want to care. I don't want to be the guitar guy. Not everybody likes guitar guy, you know, dude just whips it out at the campfire. We don't, you know, some people aren't fans of that guy. Um, drums would be really awesome. I think being, uh, you see a lot of rock bands. I always think that the lead drummer or the drummer is like, he's got the swag. Um, but yeah, pian- pian- piano is number one. Drums would be cool. But yeah, piano. I think piano is it. That's so cool to play. And just listening to Billy Joel play that piano, man. I'd be a piano. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I learned to appreciate the piano as I've gotten older. At first, I thought it was a little bit boring. Uh, but no, I mean, you can do a lot of pop pop music now with piano and it's sounds great fun to listen to uh for me playing the guitar i can't sing so i feel like i have to make up for that with like really good grooves and a little <laughs> bit of the solo action to keep people interested but i got some you know i, I learned on electric a transition to acoustic um you know played a lot of audio slave uh, Red Hot Chili okay. Peppers, some Nirvana, and then they kind of transitioned to a, like a lot of John Mayer type of albums, and and uh, he influenced me a lot of, in the style of play. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, I think, and I also, I think like to every personality, there's like an instrument to go to it, to go to oh, as, I, as well. I, I, I would agree with that point. I think that's a great point. I think, I don't know. When I, when I asked somebody, like, that's one of those questions you ask the question. Like, I was just shocked when you said, when you said trumpet, it's one of those things. I just wasn't expecting you would be a trumpet guy. And I'm sure nobody expects me to be a piano man. So I think it's a good question that tells a lot about a person. I don't know what it tells, but it tells something. <laughs> it tells something like, as we know, like in rock bands, like the drummer is usually the bad guy or like, Tommy you know Lee. what I mean? Yeah. Tommy Lee was the man. Dude, I, I saw him play and he the dude's going in, he's on a um not Ferris, but he's he's on the tracks. He's like got the tracks and, and going upside down and just jamming out upside down. I'm just like, dude, I don't know how you played like it's hard enough to play drums. It's hard enough. I couldn't imagine playing them upside down. Like it's gotta be so awkward. And then I'd be afraid to fall out. Yeah, they jam out. That's awesome. But yeah, it's always a fun question. Like you always could learn it later in life, but I do think pushing, you know, the kids to it, you know, opens up for them. So I'm trying to get them at least play, you know, try an instrument. doesn't matter which one I think. Yeah, no, there's a lot of benefits. And the thing is you get, you know, you learn a lot of patience. It takes time. It's easy to get, um, it's easy to get like demotivated and bogged down because you don't see success really fast like we're really used to these days um so but when you stick it out very rewarding plus uh i was educated a little bit by our middle school music teacher that there's a lot of healthy 
beneficial things that happens to your brain when you're learning music. It helps with other subjects as well. Oh, it keeps the mind sharp. I feel like it's yeah. got to. Exactly. Good stuff. Good stuff. So excited to get in to this week's topics before we do. I want to let everybody know that this episode is brought to you by Ojai Pixie Tangerines. That's right. Ojai Pixie Tangerines. They are seedless, sweet, easy to peel, grown in California. Farm to table by small local farmers like Monte Vista Ranch Ojai. In season now through June. So hurry in to your local specialty grocer like a Trader Joe's and grab enough to share. All right, Jay. So first topic, rule change. You can now fair catch up to the 25-yard line. A little bit of background here. Last season, 60% of kickoffs were touchbacks. The season before, 57.5% of kickoffs were touchbacks. The spirit behind the rule is they're trying to save injuries, concussions specifically from from what I've come across. What are your what are your thoughts? I don't know. I, I think we saw the writing on the wall uh, once they tried to. I think they moved the kickoff up, right? Is that what they did? They moved it up. Five yeah, exactly. Yards. Um. Because they really wanted to get you know, because they they do say, like you said, it's it's something trying to avoid injuries. They said that's one of the most violent um, plays in, in in the game, just because you're running full speed. Um, and they, they've changed the rules so many times on how players can block on the kickoff because of the collisions. But on the other hand, when you look at it, man, just remember as a kid watching dudes like Deontay uh, Dante Hall. Devin Hester, you know, Brian Westbrook, Brian Mitchell, Deion Sanders, just watch just those type of players could, you know, now players like Deion and some of the other guys that, you know, actually played positions, you know, still would have made it. But, you know, imagine some of those fringe guys, a guy like Dante Hall, who probably was never going to be a full time receiver. You cut out 50 percent of his stuff, his touches. It's 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 tough. So it does stink, but I think with the the rule getting implemented in college recently, um, I assumed it would it would work its way up. It's just it just stinks because you, you lose a lot of just a lot of big plays. It's it's very exciting. I remember Devin Hester the year he opened the Super Bowl with the kickoff return for the touchdown. So it does feel like they're trying to eliminate it. And it would sting for guys. I know you sent me a message for a guy like Turpin, who I think last year was real big in the kickoff game. A guy like Pollard, when he started, was huge in the kickoff game. Yes. So it's one of those things. It it, it does eliminate a lot because I think teams are just trying to, they're just going to try to, you know, you get it automatically to 25. You know, you're guaranteed. You're not going to get a turnover. You know, you lose the chance, off chance that you do return it. But I think the the uh, risk doesn't out, outweigh the reward at this point. I think it takes away from the start of the game you know the smoke is still in the air from all the fireworks and 
Welcome to the Jungle is booming on the speakers as the kickers are about to come down and, and kick the ball off to start the game. And you're just like, yeah, let's go. And he's coming out. He returns the kick. And then, bang, there's a big hit. And everyone's crazy. And we're stoked. And, you know. It's then- a great way to start the game, though. <laughs> it is a great way to start the game, man. Right. So it's taken away some of that, I feel like. Even though, yeah, okay, 60% more often than not, it's going to be a touchback. I, I should, probably should have pulled up what the percentages are in the beginning of the game because the players are even a little bit more juiced themselves. Right. And the kickoff return guys are they, these are guys that have swag. They're they're usually wide receivers, running backs, in some instances, uh, defensive backs, uh, guys that are electric. Um, so that's my first. I feel like it, it hopefully, you know, this doesn't go from 60 percent to 95 percent, especially to start the game, because that's going to be a little bit uh, upsetting. Uh, another point that I, I, I put out here. That make when I think of kickoffs, I, as a coach, and I think about this a lot, even playing Madden, is it worth even bringing out and risking a fumble? Because kickoffs, fumbling on a kickoff is a huge momentum shift. As you know, especially to start a game, you don't want to do that. But also on the flip side, if you get a forty-yard plus return. That's another. That's a big momentum for the offense. Big time, yeah. So. But the one thing too, and and just kind of a negative sign. Like I remember, like players, like the big, the biggest name you you hear. Of, but you, I'm sure there's a lot of these stories. Terrell Davis, a six round draft pick that was like sixth in the depth chart probably wasn't going to make the team until they threw him out on special teams on the kick return team and made, you know, made things happen and showed the coaches enough to keep him around. And he turns into, you know, you could argue if he's a hall of famer or not, but he's in the hall of fame. He's got two super bowl rings. So for his, you know, whatever those stats are, dude, that doesn't make the team without a kick return team. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe makes the makes the team, but it may be a little bit more difficult. And this opened the possibilities for him. So I just, yeah, it's, it's tough to take it out. There's just, I think, man, that excitement, like you said, in the beginning of the game, the beginning of the Super Bowl, the lights go in, the lights flashing. Yeah. Maybe it's fair catching it now. Fair catching it at the 25. <laughs> like, uh, I think it's up to the 25. Yeah. So you could just, yeah. I know in college, yeah, you see a lot of dudes fair catching it at like the 10 yard line nowadays. So, Here's my kind of viewpoint, and I I agree with Andy Reid, and I believe I was watching the NFL Network when he commented on this, but Andy Reid basically doesn't like it. And, you know, he says, I get I get the idea of, of playing, of protecting the players, but he just says, when, when does it end? Like, and I, I agree with him. You know, it's, there's three phases to the sport there's offense defense and special teams you're you know special teams being right punt yeah punts and kickoffs you're 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 effectively you really you know, are you're cutting that by 15 cutting that by 50 percent that, at least that's your goal 
I I agree with the point. I I 100% agree with it. It's just they've put so much emphasis on the concussions, on the injuries, um, that I I really it, it it's tough because you don't know where it's going to end, and it's tough because I I think you have starting to go on a little bit too far on the safety side. Like yes, I I mm-hmm. you know we know more about those injuries now than we did back then. Protocols are better, but in a sport like this, like I understand you don't want to see people get hurt, but you're playing a sport where you have two grown men running into each other. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough to sit there and try to make it softer than what it really is. Yeah, yeah. So I do have some predictions and i'm curious if these will will show in the in during throughout the season so number one kickers these days are good enough to just kick the ball high and short so i feel like perhaps we can see teams if they want to use that role to their favor the the kicking team hey kick it kick it high kick it to the 15 and we're only going to be, you know, 10 yards away when they catch it. Right. So I'm curious if there's going to be, and, you know, and so they're trying to entice them to just fair catch it, let the defense come out and let, you know, let's play it. I'm curious if that's going to happen. I'm also curious if the receiving teams are going to play it a little bit smart and guess which side of the field the kick is going to come and have the players proactively retreat to that side right side or left side and the 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 returner if it goes to the side that they projected then he's more likely to come out with it because they schemed for that that side almost like in madden right when on the kickoffs you don't make the 10-yard line yeah middle, middle left or right See, I, I still think I still think they're going to boot it. I I don't think they want to play with fire because there are some teams. There, you know, like That's you true. said, a lot of these kids have swag and they believe when they get their hands on the ball, they can take it to the house. So you don't want to risk, you know, kicking it to a fifteen yard line to where I, I may be more enticed to bring it out. And I think to me, while the chance of fumble. You know, fumbling is, you know, you have to think about it. It's more likely you're just going to give the other team good field position. I don't think it's going to be, it may, it's probably won't result in a touchdown. It's not going to result in turnover, but they could probably get to the 30, 35, 40, which, you know, that five, 10 yards is, is a big deal. So I still, I still think they're going to just try to boot it as far as they can. Um, but I do think the kick, uh, um, fair cast percentage will go up. I think with this rule, you'll see, I think you will see a lot of the guys starting a fair catch at the 15 just because they know they're they're guaranteed to get to the 25. You think that's because they want to or their coach is going to tell them to do that? I think coaches are going to say fair catch it. I think coaches are just why why risk it? Because if you know anything can happen, if you have this dude, his he's running as hard as he can. He's not really thinking. So there's you see so many blindside hits on on these kind of plays and um just smack ball fumble fumbles. Just because they're throwing their hands out and trying to hit it, because the kid's trying to make a big play, uh, so I think the coaches are just going to eliminate the potential for turnover. So I think they're—I don't know the stats. That's something that I should have looked up. What's more likely, a, a kick return touchdown or a, a 
turnover. And I, I think I would think it'd be more turnover. So uh, Kevante Turpin has been quoted saying he doesn't care about the rule. He's he's not fair catch. He doesn't plan a fair catch. He plans to run to run and bring it out, which, of course, you know, he's going to say that I expect him. Yeah. Yeah. You expect him to say that. we brought him on the team for this purpose because he can be electric with the ball. He's pretty nifty. So his average punt returns, his punt return average, 10.4 yard average. He had 29 returns, 21 kick returns with a 24.2 average and a long of 63. So I guess that's the other thing, right? Mo- probably more kickoff returns than not. Are You're going to end up and around the 25 plus or minus five yards Yeah, in a lot, in a lot of cases. Um. So one last question to to wrap this one up, unless you have additional thoughts. So at, at the end of this season, will the touchbacks, it's, it'll be considered a touchback, will they be over or under 60%? I'm going over. I just can't see. I think the coaches are just, let's, let's get that. There's not worth the risk at this point. We get to 25 you know, two, two big plays, you, you know, or even just the first down switches field position. So they really, you see a lot of them play the field position game nowadays. I'm going to, I, I'm probably, you know, I think you're probably right, but I'm going to go on the under because I feel like there's going to be this like player rebellion aspect. Like they want to bring it up. I I think most players want to play on the kickoff. I, I can buy that. I could I could buy what you're selling on that. Yeah, but what I have working against me is that when a team has multiple turnovers in a game, they have that bad mojo going. So coaches are going to be like, "Bear catch, <laughs> catch it. Yeah, put the hand up. Put the hand up. We don't we don't need another one." <laughs> exactly. So I have that going against me. So so now that we finished with the kickoff rule, which I, I think I'm I'm excited to see. Let's let's turn to topic number two, the first of our two receivers we're going to speak about today. Um, you and I have discussed, you know, pretty at length about DeAndre Hopkins. Should we trade for him? Is he worth it? Um, and, and now it seems we wouldn't have to trade for him because the Arizona Cardinals have released him. Um, well, what are your thoughts now? Does it change? Has anything you read kind of changed your feelings? Looking kind of now that he's actually out there, look now that it's actually realistic, looking at him a little more, do you still feel kind of do you do you think we should go after him? Kind of stay away, like what we have? How how are you feeling with that? I think the the horse has left the barn uh with D Hopkins for the Cowboys. And that's really because we we brought in Brandon Cooks and a lot of the news with surrounding Cooks that he's been professional. He's a team guy. He's, uh, you know, giving advice to the younger players. Um, you know, just looking to come in and contribute. Has said positive things about Dak. He's he's not the diva that a D Hopkins is, or you know, other top three, top seven type of receivers. You know, you're you're stereotypical, I guess. And that's probably something I undervalued 
uh, when we picked up Cooks. And I had to go back, you know, for so for D Hop, I had to go in. You know, he was he was, you know, giving us a holler on on Twitter. I think he even caught some balls from Dak in the in the early offseason. Um, you know, asking for the you know, Cowboys to to inquire about him and make something happen. At this point, it doesn't make sense to have a fourth wide receiver getting over $15 million. So from a salary perspective, it doesn't make sense. Now, if D hop is willing to focus on his health, he's had some health issues. Only uh, you have the numbers on how many games he started. So if he focuses on that and is a little bit patient, and be on the sideline for the first month or two of the season. If he's really thinking about a championship, see who the contenders are. You know, if some, if, you know, if, for example, I'm not even going to, I don't even want to put a name or put anything on any player. So, but if we have an opportunity to bring someone in uh, for a year, I would be open to it. But otherwise, yeah, no, I think our opportunity to go after D hop, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm gonna hundred percent with agreement with you. I think, um, like you said, the last two years, nine games and ten games, um, he, he's getting up there. The dude's been a stalwart since he's gotten in the league, so um, he's still younger, but he's he's thirty, he's turning thirty-one, I think, in a few days. Um, so he's still a little bit on the younger side, but he's been in the league for ten years, and to see him start kind of falling apart you just don't know um he was never really a speed guy so it's not like you, you're losing a lot with speed because i know they're you know I, I sent you a message where it said a gm said he was kind of losing his his feet a little bit losing his speed but he was never really a blow past your guy but you're just worried about the injury history um i think cooks while he's not the the playmaker um that DeAndre was in his prime. I don't think DeAndre is either. So I'm just, I don't know, like you said, I don't know if what the money is going to cost to bring him in is worth a chance at production. Um, especially if it, it really, a lot of it will go into what we're talking about next. I think a lot of it has to do, you know, I, I think they believe in Gallup another year out of that injury. Um, you, you brought in cooks, and you have and you have CD Lamb, so you have three very good, uh, potentially very good wide receivers, um, and two you know about Cooks. You know what he's going to give you, and CD Lamb. You know what he's going to give you. So I just don't think you need. Yeah, there's really. I don't want to move Gallup to four. You're paying Gallup a lot of money, and you don't. You can't get rid of that contract right now. So I just think. I think you're right. I think it's kind of. It's past its time um, to, to to bring him in, which. Stinks, you know. Now, like you said, if it's a situation, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, he's mentioned some quarterbacks he's want to play with, um, but I, but I think it, it kind of behooves him to sit out a little bit. You know, he's played mm-hmm. ten years, he's been injured the last two years. Maybe, maybe sit out. You know, training camp first week or two. You know, stay running, doing your stuff, but wait. Like, if you somebody goes down, go sign somewhere. Um, you know, it's always always injury so 
Yeah, you but know, you know, his, his agent's not telling him that. No, because I think he's. I think somebody's still going to pay him because you know he's still DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, the name's still there, and there's still that. Hey, if he gives us a full season, what can you do? So I think he's going to get paid, which I don't think for the price tag. I think he's going to cost. I don't think Dallas. It should even shouldn't even make a phone call. I don't think not with what it's going to cost to get him here. So what do you think of these three teams? I'm going to throw out there. <clears throat> Which of these three would he be most dangerous on? Or if you have another team in mind, let me know. Uh, ESPN was covering him today. They had a nice segment saying of how good he'd be on a good fit with the Giants. So we got Giants, a reunion with Deshaun at Cleveland, Browns, or the Saints with Derek Carr. So uh, it's that's a no-brainer to me. I don't know why they think the Giants. I don't think Daniel Jones is anything special i don't think it's going to magically make daniel jones better um Derek carr is not bad but he did have i don't think he looked special he had Devonte adams last year and didn't look great um the magic that deandre and and um what's his name deshaun deshaun yes deandre and deshaun had in houston they 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 played very well together um, I, I think that to me, I think that should be his first look because I do believe, um, yeah, I do believe the Browns can be a, a team that potentially make a run. They have the, they do have talent. Um, I, I think I would like to see him in Buffalo because with as much as they throw the ball, man, if he's anything close, if he's, 80% of what he was and you have him in digs for a year that would be I think that would be fun to watch or even if he, if he can try you know maybe take less and, and go play in um, Kansas City there's a lot of places I you know I just to me it, I'm taking out I'm a Dallas fan in this and where, I th- where I'd want to see him play if he was good like if he was old DeAndre Hopkins 100% I, I want Dallas to take him but outside of that yeah I think Kansas City and Buffalo I think would be my two choices and even just because they're in our division and I've seen talk about him going to the Eagles I don't think the Eagles should even look at him and it's not because I, I think I don't want the Eagles to have him against us I just think between a, pay, just paying AJ Brown and I think Devonta Smith is a very good player. I don't think the Eagles should even look at him because I think that would stunt a little bit of Devonta's growth. Yeah, I agree. Could you imagine Josh Allen having him and Diggs? Kid already just throws bombs. I couldn't imagine what they would do. That's the other thing. D Hop. Now, and you you mentioned his speed. He's never been the speedster. His his forty was a four point five seven, so nothing amazing. Probably uh, average or or maybe even towards below average. Uh, not probably average, but um, you know, D Hop's been a number one everywhere he's gone. Uh, you know, his whole career. No doubt. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So if he comes into a place where he's a number two slash three guy. 
I mean, I think that could be dangerous. You know, I, I think that could be dangerous because the, the the number one DB is going to be on Diggs, and they still have Davis over there in Buffalo. Yeah, but he's more a speed guy. He'd be perfect in that slot. That's right. Yeah, you get him in, in with Buffalo. I, I would like Buffalo more than Kansas City just because I think it would be a little bit more open. Um, you don't know how he'd play in this. Like, I, I don't know. You know, I'm sure they'll be fine, but like he, up going from Houston and Arizona to Buffalo would – would suck it's gonna be cold in there <laughs> up there in the winter so it's gonna be difficult playing um but yeah him because that's what that's what i was thinking i think him is a two right now where he's at you don't you can't really trust he's gonna stay healthy i think you have to look at him more you don't want you don't bring him in as your guy i don't think a, a team plus most of your teams that are legit going to make a run have number ones so that's where i think he's going to end up with a team that's going to make a chance because you're not you're not going to just go sign if you're a free agent with, I don't know who's a bad team anymore. The Washington Redskins, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, you just don't aren't going to do it. Washington Commanders, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was that was 34 years of calling them that. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So let's let's wrap this one up. Did you do you say when he the the team he signs with is it a, for a one year deal or a multiple year deal? Um, I think I think he stays one year. I think because the, he can potentially show he's healthy. Because um, I don't think he's going to get a, a long term expensive contract. I think people will be more inclined to pay him a lot for one year. You know, when he talked about his QBs real quick, he didn't mention Lamar Jackson. That'd be nice to see because man, Lamar with a real quarterback, it would tell little, you. But yeah, the problem is, like the one thing you still don't know if DeAndre is not DeAndre, then it'll be like. You have to hear it, and it like, yeah, it'd be a circus if he wasn't if he wasn't the player he once was. But that would be cool to get him a receiver to throw to. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about our boy Michael Gallup. Last year, you know, we were all excited to have him back, and my expectations for him were were too high coming off an ACL injury. Um, and I should have been more, more realistic, but the dude can ball in 2019, 16, uh, 66 receptions over a thousand yards, a thousand one Oh seven, a 16.8 yard average in 2019 in 2020. Dropped just a little bit, 59 catches, 840, 843 yards, but a 14.3 average. And that dropped significantly last year. I'm going to pull it up here in a few minutes. But a lot of positive news surrounding Michael Gallup at OTAs. I think it was Mike McCarthy that said he's has an extra spring in his step, and they notice a difference this year. And in reading an article released by the Cowboys, it even shared in there that uh, we can expect to see Gallup coming out of the slot, which you and I have discussed. That's that's supposed to be for CD and for Cooks, the speedsters and the route runners. Yeah, he's not a guy I see because he's a big play 
big body, go get the ball. You typically don't see your that type of receiver coming out of the slot. Exactly, exactly. So uh, last year, uh, 39 catches, 424 yards, 10.9 average. So, yeah, that's that's half, almost half of what we're used to seeing seeing out of Gallup from his two premier years in 19 and 20, 21, you know, pretty uh, a step back, slow down year as well. But we had Amari. So Amari had a lot of attention. So my question is, and and I don't know, because you're right. He in, in 19, he was, I think he was opposite Amari in 19. I think 20 is when they, they drafted Lamb, if I'm not mistaken. And it's really, it, since those two years, it's it's really been, since his 1,100-yard season, it's been down. 800, you know, I get the last two seasons is, uh, you know, he tore his ACL or, he tore, you know, and then he, yeah. he had an injury early in the season. And then last year he's coming back, um, you know, so you give him a little bit of a break. But if you look at the yards per catch, they've gone down every year. So I'm a little bit nervous because I don't know if we've seen the best of uh, seen the best of Gallup already. You hope not. You hope he can return to the, you know, 19 and 20 season. Um, and I think, I, I think you're right. I think the expectations on him coming back, I think, especially because we got rid of Coop, um, I think it, it were they were a little too big. I, I don't think it was fair to him. Somebody who's not, you know, never really had to be that and get thrown in there coming off an ACL injury. I think it was kind of, yeah, I think I think you're right with the, you know, our expectations were too too high for him going in the last year. But I think now as, as the number three guy, the expectations, some people are down on Gallup. You know, I think a lot of the fans are a little down on Gallup and um even the organizations like okay, we need to we need to bring somebody in here not to you know because we need somebody we can can't really count on. So I think Gallup may have that chip on his shoulder and really want to prove everybody. And as a third receiver, he's, like you said, I think he's good enough in his league to be a, a third receiver and really beat uh, a, you know third teams defensive backs. Um, so if he can kind of be what he used to be, um, he's prime for a, a big season. And that would I think. To me, there's two players I think that are, are very big on this team. Um, I have one on offense and one on defense. I, I think, um, I think Gallup is, is the guy on offense. I think we really need to see a lot from because I think we're going to have to throw a little bit just because you don't want to put too much on Pollard early on, even though they're saying he's going to be ready for a training camp. Um, I think with throwing that much, you know, CD is going to be getting the coverage. They're going to try to roll somebody over to Cooks. Gallup's got to blow the top off, and and I think, uh, I think he's primed for a big season. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I'm. This is this has to be a prove it year for Gallup. He has to have that in the back of his mind because he got paid. He got the contract while he was in rehab, if I recall correctly. So we knew, you know, he was going to have to bounce back from this injury. I wasn't too nervous about it uh, because ACL repair these days, they're getting so much better and players are, are able more often than not. I feel like 
are able to return back to themselves. So I was, I was absolutely fine when they decided to pay him. See, um, I were always worry about the mental side of it. To me, like you said, mm-hmm. I think if we're we're in a day and age where, yes, the sur- like we these these surgeries they have down at this point, um, and no matter how good it is, and you know, you're always we've all you know, everybody's had an injury in life. I remember just pulling a hamstring before. And and the pain that you know even and as even not as an athlete like I'm just a, a slob playing slow pitch softball pulling a hamstring, I know that hurts and I know so you know I and I get understand these guys are total professional athletes they're much better shaped than me I get it I don't need to be ripped for it, um, <laughs> but there's got to be something to said for if you're so used to cutting on your knee, you know you're in once that injury happens you're you have to be thinking in the back of your head the first few times and you even hear players say it you know they want to go out and get hit again um so how much were the nerves last year coming back you know may you know I, i'm just i'm worried it's not going to be the same so i think another year out you know last year might have given him some confidence knowing and can still play but i always to me i always wonder about the mental side of of these players once they take a you know get an injury like that Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. In fact, I was one of my my favorite um, videos to watch on YouTube post game is when they have the sideline mics. There was a game last year where Dak was like running in for the touchdown, and he felt he was short of the goal line, and they had the mics on in the sidelines, and and somebody, I don't know if it was D Law, but. I just feel like it was like a defensive lineman said, Hey, if he didn't, if he hadn't broke his leg last year, he, he would have been in. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why is he saying that? You know, either, either he knows Dax 95%. Yeah. Intentive in there though. You, you knew last, I think there were plays we've seen. I think we both, when he first got back from that injury, um, even even still, he's he's still not what he was before, mm-hmm. and you don't know what it you know takes out of you you know physically, but also mentally you don't want to have to. I would think you wouldn't. I think that's a hundred percent because there's plenty of plays I saw him look like man he could you know old Dak's taking off there and just putting his head down because that's what Dak Dak used to do that just put his head and he he started to get back to some of that Dak last year. Yeah, no, absolutely. So my point being is that there is such a thing as mental fortitude and overcoming the the injury mentally, not just physically. And it's all it's easy for us to speculate what they're feeling, what they're thinking. But hey, these guys, if if any of you listening have either either ever been injured, have a family member injured, uh, I had my daughter uh, be in a cast and her leg with a fractured uh, bone coming out, you know, we're not there during the therapy sessions three times a day, four times a day, the, the grind to get that flexibility back in your knee after an operation like that, you know, you're thinking about it all day. You're just thinking about your next session. You're thinking about your next session. You're, you're looking for improvement. And day after day after day, and it just, it wears on you. Unless you've been through that, it's real or helps someone intimately. 
it's really hard to, you know, understand and empathize with where they're coming from. Yeah, Hunter, I agree with you. I couldn't imagine the uh, the work that has to go into something like that. I remember watching that Alex Smith documentary exactly. uh, when he yeah. blew out his leg and just, um, I couldn't imagine going in there because it's not even, a lot of it's, it's, you know, the players, you can't control it, especially quarterback, receivers, the way you get hit. I know they've lessened. Um, that they've, you know, a lot of flags, the way you can do it, but I couldn't imagine having to go through all that and then just have to be, you know, trust that I'm hundred percent when I go back out there. Cause if you're not, you know, it is a dangerous game and, and, and bad things can happen if you're playing hurt and you can't, and you don't believe in yourself. So yeah, I couldn't imagine what that takes to go through uh, rehabilitation from those injuries. So Jason, let's get some predictions on Gallup as we wrap up here. Over or under a thousand yards for Gallup this season? Under. Okay. So his it's like so I'm gonna say about I think it's around 750 though. Like 750, 800. I just think okay. I think because I see a big season for, for Cooks. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um uh, his average, right? So we've been talking about big guy. We want we want him deep uh we want him catching balls over dbs his last two year averages 10.9 an average catch last year and then 12.7 the year before what's his average per reception this year i'll I'll help you out over or under 12 over i think i think yeah i think he's back i think he's gonna be back to more of that big play type of guy i don't think um i don't think it's going to be a bunch of short stuff yeah he's he's a guy that can go get the ball so i I think it's over i think it's closer to 14 actually this year i think it's actually over 14 if i'm what i think i like that uh receptions his premium years 19 and 20 66 and 59 um I can, I'm going to go, I think that's about where he gets. I think it's definitely more than what it's been the last two years. Just, uh, I think he can't, will play a full season. I, I'm going to split the difference and I'm going to go about 63. All right. And his touchdown high in his career, six and 19, um, only four last year. Where do you, where do you see him coming in in touchdowns? I'm going to split it again. I'm going to go five. <laughs> All right. Now that one's tough because I know, you know, Pollard's going to have his fair share of touchdowns. I don't really see, they've never really used Gallup for fade routes at the goal line. That's usually, yeah, they definitely give those the CV. Yeah. So that's good. That's going to hurt them. Uh, plus not to mention, you know, some, some tight end play. We got, we got some competitive, tight end play this year that that's that's expected out of our guys Henders shot for Ferguson and shoemaker um all right so uh, you know I I think these are very fair I I am gonna say he goes over a thousand yards this year so because I both I think we both agree CD's gonna go over 
Um, where, where do you see Cooks at then? I see Dak over 4,500 yards this year. So you think it's a possibility all three of them are getting a thousand? Yes. So you, oh, okay. Okay. So let's, let's put you there where we, uh, 4,600 yards, 4,500 yards. So then over, under on 34 touchdowns. For Dak? Yeah. I'm going to say over. I'm I'm really projecting his best year. I think this is the, the best three wideouts he's had in his career. I'm, I think you're. if he throws for 4,500 yards, I think you're right. I think he does go over. Um, I'm just worried about the offensive line. I, I've been doing some reading, and, and they're talking about kind of what they still feel. Um, you know, they, they're not sure what the starting offensive line looks like. Um, I think a lot of it's going to depend on what uh, Tyron Smith wants to do. Honestly, is he trying? Is he going to push to be left tackle, or are they going to, um, you know, move him most, keep him over at right? Um, so I, I just I think it's it may get a little shaky. I, I I'd love for that to happen. I think he's got uh, he definitely has the talent to do it, and I think having Pollard in in the backfield, somebody who can catch the ball, uh, and and a couple of their other guys are, are running backs. They have they have quite a few running backs that catch the ball out of the backfield. So I could definitely see them with the type of backs they have, having more of a screen game, short pass game to not, instead of having that, you know, Zeke run 300 times, you know, let's, you know, let's get Alvin Kamara out here and just, you know, he's going to can rush for, you know, 12 rushes, but also have six, seven catches. So I, I think that, I think Dak does have, I could see that because I do see they have the weapons for it. Yes, exactly. Um, all right, awesome. So I want to give our listeners an idea of what to expect in the coming weeks. So next week, uh, Jason and I are are likely going to skip an episode next week with it's you know kind of in our quiet season. Now, certainly if anything pops up, uh, we will be hopping on and sharing our thoughts if anything breaks. Uh, but uh, we are working with a NFL Films executive as we speak uh, to give us some of the behind-the-scenes experience uh, with camera crews and the production that takes place over at NFL Films. He has some experience working with Dak and uh, was also uh, directly on a on a Campbell's uh, co- soup commercial and also uh on the hard knocks season, I believe it was 2008. If I recall correctly, uh, this executive has been to maybe a dozen or so Super Bowls. Uh, so we're going to, you know, looking forward to that show, giving you listeners uh, an exclusive insight uh, around there. And uh, we're looking to have Dr. B back as well. And probably by the, hopefully by the end of the month, uh, give us a, his win loss prediction for the giants uh, so still some some exciting things to come in the month of June. And, you know, July is right around the corner, right around we get around the holidays. We're already under 100 days, less than 100 days from kickoff. July is just going to, you know, I already know June's going to fly by. Everyone's in summer mode, getting getting out of school. This month's going to fly by. And then you got the holiday. And then you know, as we get into July, it's like, okay, let's talk some preseason. You know, who are we going to be looking at? 
this is gonna be fantasy I'm, I'm, football season coming up, baby. Fantasy football. Draft. I know we're definitely that that um we'll definitely have to discuss that. That discuss that a June, July because season. Man, you're right. Season's right around the corner. It feels like it's. Gosh, it feels like it's so far away, but it'll be here every season because we do our draft every day or every year on on Labor Day. Um, so to me, that's that's my start of football. But I cannot. I'm I'm stoked to watch it. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to just after game, just just roll after the game, and I could just mm-hmm. get to you know curse about them missing extra points <laughs> and field goals and losing a game, and you know just complain. Hopefully that doesn't happen at all. Hopefully they go eighteen and zero. No, what is it? Seventeen and zero and win the Super Bowl. Do what the Patriots couldn't. If we sign a kicker between now and next Thursday, we got to get you on, Jay. Even if you just run it yourself, you could do a whole episode yourself on the kicker. They were saying they were talking. I was reading in, in OTAs. They were they've been trying a lot out. So. They they did bring some guys in to compete because they do need one. So um we will if we sign a kicker, <laughs> that will be a breaking news episode because we need one after last season. Oh uh, man, well, this has been a great episode, sir. I appreciate you as always. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I thank you so much. Um, you know, just for for this drive, you know, driving along with me in this journey. Uh, appreciate it. I know you're you're just as excited uh, as me, talk cowboys. Um so everybody, please, please give us uh, a like on, on Twitter, on Instagram uh, and on Facebook. Um, we, we really appreciate you guys. You you uh, you guys are faithful, man. I, I love, you know, just just listen to episodes. Uh, some of the feedback we're getting is, is great. I just I'm just so excited um, that you guys are staying with us and listening. We really appreciate it. And again, you know, give us, um, you know, leave a comment on on the on the Instagram um, and then on Radar Podcast. Give us a rating leave a comment just helps us out again. Like we've said multiple times, I said it every episode, I feel like now <laughs> helps us know what you guys like and, and what we can get better at. Um, Cause we know we're not perfect. We just enjoy the Cowboys. We just enjoy talking just two dudes. And uh, we appreciate you guys. We love you. We thank you. Uh, we can't wait to hear from you or we can't wait to uh, yeah. Hear from you on, on our Instagrams and the socials. I appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye.